And welcome back, fourth and long fans. It's your 40 correspondent, Coach Dottie Hess here, back with another chat. And ladies and gentlemen, I've seen this gentleman on many a YouTube show, including a really good friend of mine, the Yank on the footy, Craig Wessel. Shout out to you, Craig. Keep up the great work, sir. This gentleman has joined him for many of his footy uh, recaps and previews of this last season. And this is a gentleman I've always wanted to talk with, Mr. M Mick Ozzie. Mick, great to have you on the show, sir. Yeah, great to be on, and uh, I know you're a big AFL fan and AFLW women as well and international football, so I especially wore my Ottawa Swans jersey because I know you're a big Sydney Swans fan. There you go. Absolutely love it. That is fantastic. A great way to start off the show. Let's let's hop right into it, Mick. I, I know who you are. I've seen a lot of it, but not everybody that may watch this show knows a little bit, so why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself away from the game of football? Well, I grew up in South Australia, just north of Adelaide in a place called Gawler and loved playing football for the Gawler South Lions. And then I went to Adelaide and played for Woodville Warriors for three years um, before the Adelaide Crows came in and then uh, came to Canada in 1998 managing a computer company. So I was right up with all the technology and started doing media, got a Grey Cup CFL pass and took it to the NFL, did some NFL games and just kept going for the last 20 years, been doing quite a bit. Fantastic. And I love, I love everything you do. You've been a great, you've been a great addition, something fun to watch, but, but let's, we, we, we do the Canadian football. Other people talk about that. I kind of want to focus on footy here because as you know, I am a footy fanatic, absolutely love the game. So I got to ask this of all the Aussies, what's your favorite thing about footy? Oh, to play greatest game in the world to play. I mean, all I wanted to do as a kid was to be very good at Aussie football and tennis. And then at about 18 years old, I realized, you know, even though I was playing pretty good tennis, I wasn't going to be pro. So I quit tennis and focused on Aussie footy. And just even in the summertime, I remember going out, just kicking goals, just getting as good as I could at Aussie football because it really is the greatest game in the world to actually play. And as you know, guys five foot six can play and guys seven foot like Mason Cox can play. So you can be any height, any shape. You need to be fit, of course, but greatest game in the world to actually play. Yeah, not going to disagree with you on that. Absolutely love the game of football. So I'm going I'm to make you think a little bit here, sir. I want you to go back into the time machine in your head. Can you remember the earliest footballing memory? Oh, playing for Hamley Bridge Magpies, getting on the field in about grade four, I think. They put me on a year earlier than the other people, sitting in the forward pocket and being on the field for the first time at Hamley Bridge, South Australia. There you go. Fantastic. That's an awesome memory. It's always great to hear that. So I hear you were a pretty good footballer. You, you, were, you were decent. Then. How far did you actually get before, before you retired? Yeah, well... See what happened in before the AFL was formed. So the Adelaide Crows came in in 1991. So that was really when the first true AFL became because they needed Adelaide in the AFL. So from 88 to 90, I played in the SANFL, which was the second to top league behind the VFL. So it's maybe like 15% less than the VFL, maybe 20, but you know, the best SANFL players went to the VFL for money because there was more money. So I played mainly reserve, but I played some league games in 
1988 and then did my knee in 89 then played a few more in 1990 so that was a highlight and some of the guys I played with went on to play for the Crows and I remember Michael Ashe's testimonial game a legend for Norwood I came off the bench and I'm I'm out in the middle with Andrew Jarman and Michael Ashe and Gary McIntosh and I'm going wow I'm actually playing against these legends. It's <laughs> quite eerie, actually, when you think of it. That's crazy. You're standing there looking, going, "How the hell did I get on this field? Like, why am yeah. I here? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I'm just a flog compared to these guys. What the hell? What, what, why am I here? So that's 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 absolutely fantastic. And and again, it's that there's such a rich history of of SA football. So that that's that's awesome to hear that that you you made it a little ways and you have a lot of footy knowledge. So. You kind of talked about it a tiny bit. How how did you, an SA boy, get yourself to Canada and now become kind of this great name in CFL and NFL kind of talk on YouTube? Well, I was early 30s and I quit playing Aussie footy back in Australia. I had hamstring trouble, so I quit the Gaul of South Lines. And I was actually did mechanical engineering. And I was designing in 3D and AutoCAD. So then I got a good job selling the AutoCAD and computer systems. So you'd go out to an engineering company and do a quote for like 100 grand with like 10 PCs and a server and RAID and AutoCAD. It was really good. Well, then I got a manager's job in Vancouver selling the software AutoCAD, which is Autodesk, the fourth or fifth largest software company in the time at the time. And then I just started doing media, um, just loved the technology. And Vancouver, Western Canada had high-speed internet, one of the first places in the world. And we got uh, video, short videos, then converted into streaming videos. So I really had one of the first ever true streaming video shows in sports in about July or August year 2000, so quite a while ago. So that's how it all started. Yeah, you're you're the veteran of you're the veteran of something that has become a huge business in, in sport. Absolutely fantastic. So, as we said, your Mick Aussie gimmick is something that's very, very very, very synonymous. But did you think it, this this gimmick really helped you kind of stay into it? And then, how much footy content do you actually do for your channel nowadays? Well, my main gig that I've kept up for 20 years, actually two weeks ago was the anniversary, 20th anniversary I've been on uh, Gabriel Morenci's Sports Rage, which started, he started in Montreal, AM late night radio. Then he went to Toronto with Sirius XM and The Score. Then he went on his own, then Fantasy Sports Network and now Sports Grid. So I've pretty much been on once a week for 20 years on with Gabe and I really enjoy it now because the technology is amazing through my cell phone it's video it's on YouTube it's on Roco it's on all these platforms all over the world and they get quite a few viewers in the USA of course so it's focused on sports betting and I try and mix in some comedy so he has me on to talk NFL picks CFL picks but the big one I believe we're the only one on True TV talking AFL picks every week during the season on North American TV radio. So I'm glad he has me on for that to promote the game. Yeah, completely agree. That's fantastic. I, I wish there was, a, as much as these YouTube shows are great, I just wish we could find a way to somehow syndicate radio shows with, with some of the footy knowledge and some of the people that do podcasts on this. There's There's some people that could really help 
put some content out there and just one time i just really hope this will happen soon who knows maybe we'll get a break maybe we'll, we'll have to see so we'll, we'll jump we'll jump into it we, we've done a little bit about your you personally let's jump into your your passion i say boy who's your afl club <laughs> adelaide crows we're not real happy with them lately <laughs> i haven't been a fan of their recruiting <laughs> i'm not really a fan of the coach hope he proves me wrong but Nah, very disappointed with the Adelaide Crows of the last, oh, probably four or five years. I was lucky enough, one of my biggest, greatest memories is I was in the MCG when they won their first premiership uh, the year before I came to Canada. So, long-time Crows fan, but really disappointed with them lately. And I don't think their recruits, I don't think the kids coming up are as good as some of your other teams, like your Swans kids are fantastic compared to the Crows kids. Well, if you, if you ask if you ask some people, they say that the the academy system for the Swans is, is is a super advantage. But one of my one of the things that I usually come back with is I go, well, you also got to remember too is that with New South Wales you have NRL, and there's guys like Isaac Keeney and Callum Mills that I mean it's been pretty much documented if they didn't have the Swans academy they'd probably be NRL players. So it, it, the argument that it's this huge advantage not really because my other thing is how many. Premierships does Sydney have since they really started the academy? Maybe one in 2012. But other than that, it's not like the Swans are the dynasty that that Hawthorne and some of these teams were winning three, four, and five premierships. So again, I I understand some people's arguments, but I, I really don't I don't fly under that particular one myself. So we'll go to it. I, I know this isn't always easy, and I love asking this question because it's always fun to see your thoughts on this. Do you have a favorite player of the past? And do you have a favorite player currently on the Crows list? Oh, favorite of the past is probably a few, but I would have to go with Mark Rusciudio. Riverland boy, South Australia from up Wakery, Renmark Way. I actually saw him play. My brother played against him when he was like 16 and his older brother was playing. And uh, just a legend, tough guy, but not dirty, tough, but Fairly, you know, maybe got reported once or twice, but a tough, great player. Mark Rusciudio, current player. Oh, I'm struggling. Probably Sloney, <laughs> but he's been injured. Yeah, ACL last year, unfortunately, and in, in, in so that's that's been hard for him. I hope he gets back on the track because he he's a solid player. We'll have to we'll have to see if if the youth. Uh, that they're trying to bring in. We'll, we'll see if Sloney gets replaced out of the midfield or not. It'll be fascinating to see that. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this as an American, I, I know the struggle we are, we are so far away from Australia. Has your passion for the club diminished at all since you've been away in Canada? Yeah. Only cause they're not playing so well, <laughs> <laughs> but, but what really does help? I mean, we're having the AFL Watch app where you can watch games live and, you know, Friday nights, Saturday nights, it really is good timing when you get a good game on at, say, 8 or 9 o'clock Friday or Saturday night. But, yeah, definitely, like I said, a bit disappointed with the Crows the past four or five years. But being on Sportsridge has helped me as well because, you know, I like to stay on the show most of the year and if he keeps me on mainly to talk AFL picks, that's kept my interest up. And thus then I said, oh, to yank on the footy. Hey, I'm listening to all this knowledge of AFL podcasts all week. I might as well come on your show and help you out with the AFL pick. So, yeah, I had a big uh, last few years. I've kind of 
been even more excited about the AFL. And with the new rule changes, has improved the game as well the last year or two. Now, I was I was gonna say, being being somebody that grew up with really kind of the olden days, do you think I think the rules have really opened up the game and really kept the scoring, kept the flow of the game? I know when the stand on the mark rule originally came out, there was many many a person. In fact, I'll even raise my hand that thought this is gonna look stupid. This this is gonna make players look ridiculous. And I honestly believe now that the kind of we've kind of seen two seasons of it. I think it's really helped the game. I think it's really opened up the flow of the game. You're seeing scoring go up a little bit. You're seeing much more ball movement. So as as somebody that played it in the olden days when it very much was one-on-one, you don't have the grid type, type of systems. Do you think the footy is better nowadays with this change of the rules? Oh, definitely the last year. Because Craig, Yank on the footy, often says to me, oh, it's the greatest game in the world. I said, yeah, but it used to be better years ago. And now they have improved it to try and get back somewhat to what it was. And I love the way Craig McRae, the Collingwood Magpies coach, he took the game on right from the start. He said, we're going to take the game on and look what happened. He adjusted to the new rules. They ran, ran, ran and uh, had had a lot of success. Now you got Ross Lyon coming back to the Saints. What's he going to be defensive minded and so forth? I don't know. I'm not keen on that high because I like these newer, younger coaches that are taking on the rules and go, let's attack, attack, attack. Because really, oh, from, say, eight years ago till two years ago, it became too stagnant. Too many players around the ball, too many people out of position and just more, I don't know, just get the ball, kick and handball. It's a pretty basic game where you kick handball, run forward like it used to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of cluster, a lot of congestion, so much. It was everything was about holding holding the ball in a certain area and not being out of position. Where I think nowadays you have to spread out because if you get too far, one handball beats three people, and now it now it's one on ones in your defensive area. So I I think it's fantastic. I think as long as the coaches don't noose the game like they have years before, where they get super defensive to try to make sure they win, but. Then again, though, these coaches are paid to win. I've I've yeah. had this discussion with a few. I said, if you want your team to win, you can't really complain if your team wins when it comes to their their tactic. And I know everybody's, we want to watch scoring. That's great. But I I'm one of those where don't don't pay your coach to win if you only want to see scoring, because it's gonna be a crapshoot if you do that. So I've always always found that kind of funny, but I agree. I, I think the game has really, really opened up. So let, let's go to it. You you're tipping now, you're keeping an eye on it. Thoughts on last season, because I think it was an incredible season, a, a fantastic year, so many great performances, so many great games. Just really quickly, your thoughts on last and last season in the men's competition. Yeah, it was, it was really weird, wasn't it? I mean, you had the West Coast Eagles who absolutely crashed and burned and it's partly their own fault for not drafting and bringing younger kids through. Then you had the Port Adelaide Power Paps, as I call them. They weren't as good as anyone thought. And I kind of loved it when they had the rough start to the season because, you know, they're the arch rival in Adelaide, of course. And then you had the Geelong Cats who most people thought were getting old and, Slow, but wow, they recruited a couple of great players, including Isaac Smith, and and they went on and won it all. So uh, 
Really exciting game. And also your Swans. I had them to come maybe fourth or fifth or sixth because I saw some improvement and some of the good young kids there. So seeing the Swans do well was great as well because I'm a bit of a Swans fan. My nephew lives there and, you know, I've followed the Swans a bit. So interesting season and a big improvement on a few seasons ago with the new rules, like we said. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I I had I had the same thing. I th- I thought they'd finished sixth. I think sixth or seventh the year before. I thought maybe maybe the the top four, but I wasn't real one hundred percent sure because I had seen Melbourne was still strong coming off a of premiership. I thought the Western Bulldogs. I think they were still going to be solid. There were so many different things, and I don't think anybody in the world expected Collingwood to go from seventeenth to the top four yes. but then again no we didn't know what craig mccray was going to bring we had no idea we knew he was coming we knew he was coming in as a coach but we weren't 100 sure on what his tactics would be and it took him a little while to kind of get their dna as they did but they became the most exciting thing to talk about those last 12 rounds of the season it was it was incredible to watch this team continue to find a way to win my one worry with Collingwood next year is, is now everybody knows about it. Will tactics against Collingwood change this season? Be fascinated to see, can Craig McRae make adjustments to his style as well? Because teams are going to know that they're going to come with a rush at the end. Our team's going to maybe hold back a little bit come the fourth quarter to try to stifle their ability to do that. So it'll be, it'll be absolutely fascinating. Again, the cats just too good on grand final day. It was disappointing the way the Swans played in the grand final, but it was literally the worst case scenario every way. Ball bounces didn't go their way. Too many stupid, yeah. too many stupid free kicks. Some horrible kicking, field kicking, which had not been an issue most of the season. And the cats are just that darn good this year. And I loved how they took the Mickey out of the media and and did the and did the the walking canes and they they came to a <laughs> the the facility, the, the retirement facility, and even Joel Selwood fell out of the thing. I thought that was absolutely hilarious. I thought that was absolutely <laughs> great. It was kind of, they took the Mickey out of the media. I absolutely loved that. I had to crack up. Did you see that? Cause that was, that was gold there. Yeah, it was funny. Good on them. You know what? Real quick on uh, the only reason you might think I'm bad here, but the only reason I didn't want the cats to, <laughs> to win the flag is because of Patrick Dangerfield. He should have never left the Adelaide Crows. If he didn't leave the Adelaide Crows, we might have won that 2017 Premiership. Now, I look at it this way. I've lived overseas for 24 years, but, oh, he had to go home and be closer to his family from Adelaide to Geelong. It's an hour flight, for God's sake. So I'm very disappointed that Patrick Dangerfield (laughs) left. You should never leave the club that looked after you for so long where you're an absolute legend. So there you go. There's, he's a great player, though. I mean, he really is. But he, I don't know, he gets a bit new wave, woke, modern, too much for me. But fantastic <laughs> player. Uh, <laughs> he's he's a, he definitely fantastic. Like I said, it's it's difficult. That I know as, as a Crows fan, he, but there was there's a little part of me that was happy he got his flag because then people will shut up <laughs> a little bit. But yeah. I can completely see as a, as as an essay and as and as a as a crow supporter how how bittersweet that could possibly be. So, um, I I got to ask again. You're you're watching it on the Watch AFL. Is footy still enjoyable to watch even in even in Canada for for you nowadays? Oh, absolutely. If the games are good, but it's like any sport. You got good games and bad games. Some of them are not that good, but the good games are fantastic. 
especially the MCG. I mean, some of these minor round games or early in the season, the big games, they get 90,000 people there. Mm-hmm. And that's why I tell Gabe on Sports Grid and the guys listening on the show, you know, it's the biggest sport in Australia. Absolutely it is. And the crowds are massive for the good games. And luckily, I'm actually going to be there for round one in March and we're flying to Sydney, then Adelaide, and we're pretty sure we're going to take a road trip to Melbourne and be there for the first game, uh, Carlton and Richmond, and then the Geelong Magpies game on the Friday night. Your girlfriend needs to uh, see a proper game. We've taken her to the trial games. And the road trip from Adelaide to Melbourne along the Great Ocean Road is fantastic as well. So hopefully I'll be at the MCG for the Thursday and the Friday night, round one. I'll definitely keep an eye out and save safe travels on that. I, I'm I'm jealous. I wish I could do that for sure. That would that, that <laughs> would sounds fantastic. So let, let's go a little let's go a little more locally when it comes to footy. Um, how do you feel about the expansion of footy here in North America in Canada and the US? Well, it started, didn't it? Probably uh, 25 or so years ago in Toronto, Ontario. They formed a league and then Paul, um, the original founder of USAFL, he started, Paul O'Keefe started it in America and uh, it's just grown and but there's so much more potential. And the US Nationals are great. I've played in three or four of those, so they were a lot of fun as well. But so much potential. COVID knocked us around for a year or two here, obviously. Um, good growth, but oh, potential could be even more. And Pat McAfee gets on and talks about it for a couple of weeks and then doesn't talk about it at all. Oh, there's a story. <laughs> I've got a big story about that. But, oh, but yeah, boy. I mean, he, he, he really, he's a guy with a massive audience. I mean, Gabe and I are trying. We get probably 50,000, 60,000 listeners, viewers, per show but McAfee's getting like hundreds of thousands so I don't know that guy if he kept on talking about AFL I mean he's had Mason Cox on a couple of times but that's the potential that the AFL need to hone in on and but they they make out they care but they really don't care that much yeah, well, I I don't want to. I don't, unfortunately, I don't want to go into that. But I've I've had many a discussion with Brian Barish, the media manager, and I think that's that's one pet peeve we both have because I think we both can see there there's possibilities, and we'll, we'll talk about that just a little bit more here. Are you involved with any clubs in the Edmonton area? Yeah, I've um, umpired up here in Edmonton for probably the past uh, well, I've been here eight years. So I started umpiring here. I didn't do as much this year, but I umpired a couple of games. But yeah, I enjoy umpiring. I uh, played my last game for the Ottawa Swans and then started umpiring over there in the OAFL, Ontario Football League. And I enjoy the umpiring. As long as you sort out the guys not to take crap from them, I give it back <laughs> to them a bit. Hey? If they start being idiots, I give it back. But Really, the back chat can get out of control in certain parts of Canada and the USA, I'm sure, and mm-hmm. everywhere, actually. So as long as you sort out the players and don't take it from them, it can be a lot of fun. And mostly, they really respect the umpires here. And the women, I've umpired some women's footy. Oh, they totally respect the umpires. It's fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's fantastic, and, and I know I've I've umpired a couple of times over here, and I've I've almost 
gotten so angry one time, almost pulled my whistle off and go, if you want to umpire so damn bad because you don't like my calls here, you umpire. And that, that, sh- that shuts them up pretty quickly when, when you do, do yeah. that, because then they're like, oh yeah, it's like, I'm taking the time to do this. I'm trying to help you play the game. If you're going to abuse me, you're going to get it. And then I'm going to abuse you like you did. And we're going to see how you like it. And it usually stomps it a little bit. I, I absolutely love that. So, and thank you. We, we, and I know, especially over here, sometimes it's hard to find umpires. So the fact that you do that, that's fantastic. And, and that's great on you that you do that. So I'll ask, and I know you're not going to say you're an expert, but are there any suggestions you think on how we could grow the game more here in Canada and the U S well, I hate to say this cause I had a little bit of an argument with him a while ago. Pat McAfee's the number one choice and even Craig Hutchinson. I listened to uh, the sounding board podcast with him and Damien Barrett. It's good cause it's mostly AFL, but it's sports business as well, which I mm-hmm. really like. You know, Craig Hutchinson suggested they get McAfee down to the AFL grand final, pay him a million bucks or whatever. And <laughs> even though I had a bit of an argument with him, that's got to be a great idea. And now he's part of the Sports Grid Network and Gabe Renzi's on his show. So uh, he's the obvious one. And then obviously to get on a major TV network, more mm-hmm. so than Fox Sports and whatever. I mean, they have the games here on TSN2, which is pretty good. They have two games a week on TSN2, which is equivalent to ESPN and in America. So, like any sport, get on the major networks if you can, because sure, YouTube and everything's great, but really, you got to be on the big networks to really, really kick some butt. Yeah, I agree. The other thing that I, and I love Craig's argument was, is instead of playing these random poker games, just put AFL on, get the NRL, get the AFL. If you get that, trust me, you're going to find somebody that somehow is going to be on the telly at 2 a.m. They're going to watch, they're going to go, and then they're going to tweet about it. And then they're going to find the community. And I can't tell you how many people in the U.S. that just one tweet the USAFL account, my account with the Des Moines Roosters or my or my personal account, we will reach out to you. And if you are anywhere in the country, we can find a club that's close to you to where you can have a chance to play and meet other people. And I think it's the only way to grow it. This YouTube, the, the YouTube channel I'm on literally happened the same way. He tweeted about it. I responded to him on the Roosters podcast, got connected. We did a pot. Now we do a weekly podcast every week. That's literally how it goes. So it, it just needs that one connection and and I'm hoping that it happens soon, but we'll have to see. In fact, I've got, I've got another idea, um, another idea coming up here in just a second, but I want to ask this. There were talks a couple of years ago before COVID that Essendon and I think GWS, there were talks that they wanted to get a game in LA for premiership points, maybe round one. If this were to come true, even if it's not the Crows, would you find a way to go to that game? Yeah, I'd have to if it was a proper AFL round game. I mean, I've had other games overseas, and I even think in Vancouver in the late 80s they played, and I know they've played in America. But for a proper game, absolutely, because then it would get huge publicity, and you know, guys like McAfee and Gabe and whatever could get on some big networks because they have the uh they have the personality and the name to promote it even more 
Yeah, 100% agree. And then and another one I'm going to ask, and this is maybe this is pie in the sky. I've, I've said this in a few podcasts. I honestly think you could have a professional fo footy league. It may not be 18 aside. It may be a little bit like the, the, the uh, often lauded and, and after often, oftenly crapped on AFLX. I think AFLX, if you cut the gimmick crap out of it, I think you could get a professional league over here and it could be somewhat successful. Thoughts on that? Well, I've, my, my number one thought is we need to find a rich guy. <laughs> we need to get someone with millions of dollars. Like, I don't know. I made a movie and I've tried to get Adam Sandler to watch it. I haven't been that lucky yet. But, you know, imagine getting someone like Adam Sandler to love Aussie football and throw in a few million dollars. He's probably got 500 million. What's $3 million to him to get something up and running? So we can talk all we want and try and try and try, but got to get sales going, get to that rich person that's going to throw in some money. They get the publicity. They're the co-host or special guest and they're loving it. So yeah, we got to find that rich guy. That's my belief. Yeah. One, 100% agree. I, I think it's possible with, with the arenas that we have. And if we played a version of AFLX without the gimmicks, I think it would work. Again, it, there's it's a it's a pie in the sky thought process, but I, I've said numerous times I think AFLX was a perfect way to get a professional league in North America and even in Europe. That would be that would be a great way to get more people playing the game of footy, even if in a smaller scale. But I think it's definitely a possibility. So you mentioned it earlier. I am a huge advocate of AFLW. Have you been keeping an eye on AFLW? And if so, what were your thoughts on this second season in one year for the women this year? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I've i been a fan of the women's football here in the US and Australia. Because honestly, when I was in high school and early 20s, no women played football. There might have been one competition in Melbourne. That was it. And then it grew a bit in Melbourne. And then when they came out the AFLW, I'm going, wow, good thinking. Um, negative, I firmly believe they shouldn't have expanded to the full 18 teams this year. So what if Port Adelaide and the other teams aren't in? Bad luck. You've got to be tough sometimes. I didn't like the expansion. But other than that, good that's on TV. Big fan of it. Um, Kendra Hale, who played up here in Canada, she went down and played at the Bombers. So keep an eye on her and some of the other players. I know there's some USA girls down there. There's some Irish girls playing down there. So, yeah, big fan, except for the too rapid expansion is my only real beef yeah and, and i can understand that and, and i think it was one of those where i think that they're just they're trying to get it as stable as they can and and i agree it might have been really quick i know my my club was one of those that it, that kind of benefited from the quick expansion we'll have to see but i i still say with the with the explosion of women's and youth girls clubs throughout all of the big footy states i know what was it i saw one time they said Victoria saw like a 300 foot, a 300% growth. SA saw 200. WA saw yeah. 200. Even <laughs> Queensland saw like 150% growth. So I was one league. I, I heard they were saying at one time they had three clubs. Now they have 50. So wow. I, I, I think the pathways are there. It's just going to take some time to develop the youth. And unfortunately, until the women are full-time professional, it's going to be a struggle a little bit because New South Wales is going to struggle. They don't have a vibrant footy culture. Again, it's NRL country. I think we all kind of know that. 
So the, the, the two New South Wales, the two Sydney teams are going to struggle when it comes to talent. Can they bring in Victorian, Queensland, SA, WA girls to kind of help development? Because WA, SA, and Victoria, they're going to they're gonna put out product. They're going to put out great players. It's just going to take some time for it to develop. I think there, there's a huge, huge, huge amount of upside here. I completely understand where you're going. I, I think it's, it's going to be a couple of years. Of, it's going to be ugly. But I think eventually the talent will even out, and I think we'll have uh, one hell of a competition very soon. Really quickly, personally, who's your most impressive player in the women's league that you see nowadays? Oh, well, I'm a big fan of Erin Phillips. I actually played against her dad, and I I uh, went out I went out with her auntie for a while, was quite good <laughs> friends. So big fan of Erin Phillips and the fact she played in the WNBA over here. Uh, Dallas, I believe, was one of the teams. Mm-hmm. And when, when the women's first started, Dad said to me, oh, Erin Phillips is going to play. I said, so what? She's a basketballer. But wasn't she fantastic? Really, really good player. She's getting a bit older now. And uh, Taylor Harris, bit of a fan of her. She's a boxer, like off the uh, proper professional type boxer. Mm -hmm. She's got the personality, hasn't she? Like, she really goes in hard. She's tall. So, yeah, a bit of a fan of uh, the way she carries herself on and off the field. Yeah, and she has a good crack and a specky mark whenever she can. Yeah. You got to give her that. She goes full board. The, she crashes the pack. Absolutely love watching her. Another one, if you get a chance, Mon Conti. Really slick, really slick one with the ball. A lot. I think her and Scott Pendleberry have a lot in common. It's, they get the ball and the game slows down. It's like they move in such slick, slow motion that it's it's fascinating to watch them because they're so good 360. They find ways into gaps. They're great with the disposal. So Mon Conti is another one I think is a future absolute uh, superstar. And one thing that I've heard when it comes to Aaron Phillips, I'd heard when she was a kid, she would play on boys teams and she would be the best in Ferris. That's how good she was. <laughs> that the only reason she didn't play any further was because the pathways for women stopped. And like, I think it was like 12 years old, but I had heard pre 12 years old. They said she was the best. She was the best out of any of them. Even all the boys, like she was winning best in Ferris on boys teams. So, wow. so it didn't, didn't so, know that. <laughs> yeah, I had, I had heard, I had heard a few stories about that. So when, when she came back, she was super excited. I think the, the fact that she couldn't play for her dad's alma mater report was a little disappointing, but at least she got to play and she proved yeah. why she was that, she was that good. So we we'll, we'll get to it. I, I got some fun questions to always end it because I'm, as I, as I told many on the podcast, I want to get to Australia as soon as I can. But I'm getting some getting some information for when I go to kind of prep prep me so that I know where I should sit, different places like that. But I'm gonna ask you this: I want you to put your crow's hat on for a bit. I'm gonna install you as the men's uh, list manager. You can bring in one player from the entire competition. Doesn't matter what club. Doesn't matter who. Who's the one player you bring to the crows and why? Oh. Tyson Stengel, bring him back. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I was waiting for danger. I was waiting for danger there for a second. I was like, watch him bring Dangerfield back. Uh, We need a a couple of very skillful on bowlers. So 25, six-year-old, very good on bowler that can run. So, yeah, we're, we're lacking a bit on the skillful great on-ball player absolutely we are 
Awesome. Awesome. So we'll, we'll, we'll go to this as, as an essay boy, I got to ask this question. So the grand final couple a few years ago found its way outside of Victorian soil for the first time. And for two years, it was not on Victorian soil. And we kind of saw an NFL style Super Bowl grand final. So I got to ask this, I know pie in the sky, the 50 year contract with the, with the, with the Melbourne, with the Melbourne, um, with the Melbourne cricket club, would you be keen to see the grand final become a traveling grand final, a lot like the Super Bowl over here, or do you like the fact that it's the MCG? Oh, I'd love to see it. Not every year, but maybe every, say, let's say four or five years, you could have it in Adelaide or Perth or Brisbane again, Sydney. Um, sure, Melbourne's a home of football. I know that. 100,000 people can get in the MCG, which is brilliant, massive crowd. But Melbourne, like any big city, has its arrogance. And we had some lads come over from the VFL to play with us and they just thought they were a bit too good. And before long, they were in the reserves or out in the country. So Melbourne's got some arrogance, which sometimes annoys me. So, yeah, every four or five years, it'd be great to uh, take it around Australia. Absolutely. I mean, and it's one of those, again, I know it's 50 year contract. It may never happen. It may stay at MCG. But I, I know I loved the thought process because I thought Perth did fantastic. I thought Brisbane even, I mean, yeah, Brisbane did fantastic. I know the Gabba and Perth, I know they're not a hundred thousand people, but I still think it was a, a, a fantastic spectacle. I think it was great TV. The games were good. Um, I think even, even the blowout between the demons and the dogs, I still think it was a fantastic game until the D's got yeah. going. Basically that was an absolute yeah, yeah. cracker there. So we'll go to it. I don't know how much you can, you're keeping track of it, but the, the AFL is going to do what they call, what they call the gather round, a lot like the NRL's magic round. And thank God they didn't call it the magic round, but it's going to be an SA. It's going to be in your home state. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, um, like I mentioned, Craig Hutchinson, who's the boss of Send Media, in uh, used to be Croc Media. He's talked about that for a while over this past year and basically got the idea from the Rugby League. And then Craig has a lot of influence in media in Australia, so I believe they probably got it from him. And obviously the South Australian government paid money to have it there. I didn't think it would be there, actually, but I'm happy for it. Yeah, it's good. It'd be good. A lot of kids can go during the week, school holidays, and basically build it up as a big marketing event. Be good. Yeah, and if I heard right, uh, members of each of their clubs, as long as they as long as they let them know when they purchase tickets, they'll get free tickets to the game. So they'll be able to go, too, which is fantastic, which we'll see. Right. Great tourism for, for SA and all that. And they're not doing all the games at the Adelaide Oval. I know that they're doing a couple in, in even some country SA, so which is yep. fantastic. So and I and I love it. I, as much as it would have been interesting to see it at New South Wales, I kind of understand. Have it at a football, have it in a football state this first year, see how it goes. I mean, it could be a bomb. Nobody could go to any of the games except the SA games. We'll have to see. I don't think so. I, I'm hearing a lot of people like, I'm getting ready to get my tickets for gather round i'm not so super <laughs> keen on the name but you know what let's let's go with it because at least they didn't steal magic round so alrighty, all right we, we, we've come to it i let's let's go back to your days what's your go-to food when you go when you go to the footy <laughs> oh pie of pasty probably uh pasty <laughs> with tomato sauce <laughs> yeah awesome. i miss them over here they're not real healthy like you can't eat them all the time because it 
kind of a bit fattening, but the good pies and pasties in Australia, <laughs> I miss them. Absolutely, I do. Awesome. In fact, I, I I don't know if you've seen this, but I I for every year for the grand final, I make my home I make homemade uh, Aussie meat pies for the for the grand final, oh, right. and then conveniently this year, just before grand finals, I became aware in Des Moines, in Iowa, we have an Aussie bakery that makes pies and sausage rolls and sells them on a daily basis here that the rooster, wow. the, the local roosters team we're getting in connection with, and we're hoping to have them at a few of our events next year, but they are super keen. I think the gentleman that owns it used to play footy back in Melbourne. I think it was either Footscray. I think it might've played for Footscray at one time. So we're, so we're super excited about that to have an Aussie bakery here in town. So I'm going to have to catch myself a couple more pies from there, which are absolutely fantastic. So you're going, you're going, you're going back to Australia, as you said, so you're going to go to a game. Where is your ideal place to sit and watch the footy? Uh, Obviously in the middle, probably halfway up. Like I said to the girlfriend, I watch the CFL from the end zone because I like to watch what the quarterback does and I learn more. Mm-hmm. But now, nah, Aussie footy, you got to be in the middle. You don't want to be behind the goals or in the end zone. In the middle, about halfway up, so you're not too far away would be the ideal, absolutely. Awesome, awesome. And the last question that I ask, and I love this one because this is so much fun, and you've got years of this. What's your favorite game of footy that you have ever seen? Live, tape delayed, at the ground, at home on the telly. What's your favorite game of footy you've ever seen? Oh, can I give you two? Go <laughs> ahead. I that's that's fine. Give me two. I'm okay with I'll, that. Oh well, being at the game to see the Crows win their first premiership against St Kilda as an underdog. I was sitting there with Phil, my mate from South Australia. That was brilliant because it wasn't expected and I love the coach Malcolm Blight still listen to him on the radio but on TV replay the uh, 89 Hawthorne Hawks Geelong Cats had everything and people always go to it and that's the reason Dermot Branton getting cleaned up and staying on the fights were crazy Gary Ablett kicking nine goals and losing yeah, it's got to be that one. Best game ever. So if you go to YouTube, people listening, make sure you get the full version from Channel 7, and it's absolutely brilliant. You'll think we're crazy back then, and that's when I was playing in the SNFL. <laughs> so it was pretty rough back then, but but clean too. <laughs> and, and to go off that, I, I listened to I listened to Triple M um, Melbourne all the time, and they actually talked about they recalled that game. Um, they, they actually had a recall like th- two or three years ago and they had BT JB, um, James Brayshaw, they had duck and they had Billy Brownless who was in the game. So they literally take the Mickey out of him in several times in this game. And it's absolutely hilarious. And I think YouTube even has that recall where it's like they're, they're calling the game. You're seeing the video of the 89 grand final, but they're the ones calling absolutely hilarious. It is absolute gold. If you get a chance to listen to that version is pretty good. I know it's not the old, the, 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 the actual day of like channel seven announcers, but if you want a good laugh and enjoy uh, somebody having fun at calling the footy, the 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 recall, the triple M recall of it is absolutely to die for. It is hilarious. Wow! Actually, one more on that Dipper Robbie, Robert Dipier Domenico, legend. Mm-hmm. As you know, 
at the US Nationals in Vegas. I don't know if you've seen this. I haven't told you, but he was there and I got an interview with him poolside on the Friday night. Saturday night of the Vegas US Nationals. And he's talking about how the priest came into the hospital and said, mate, you're nearly gone. He had a punctured lung. He kept playing. So the legend Dipper got a great interview with him. So uh, that was a highlight because what a player that guy was. Yeah. I, and I've heard stories like like six or seven of the guys had to go to hospital after the game. So <laughs> that was that, that that's footy. That's footy in the late night, late eighties, early nineties. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, well, Mick, this has been a, a fantastic conversation. This is one I've been wanting to do because I know you've got such a great personality and I loved your, your chats with Craig. Craig's a really good friend of mine. We go back and forth all the time and, and I'm so glad to have you on and, to see your excitement for footy, even though you're in Canada, it, it, it's awesome to see because I've had many in Australia and say the same thing. Like you're so passionate about our game. We love it. That's one of the things I, I like finding people that enjoy the game as much as I do. Cause I love this game. I know I caught on to it late. I caught it in the, the late, the late nineties, early two thousands really got back into it in 2009 when I joined the roosters here in town. And I just, I enjoy the sport. I love what it does. I just want to see it grow. I just want to see it expand because I think this is such a good game for camaraderie because you gain such great friends in this. And especially over here in the U S we all kind of have to work to each other, work with each other to play the game. So I absolutely love it. So finding somebody that's just as passionate about the game is fantastic. So thank you for joining me today. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun and good on you guys, yourself and Craig and a few others that really, uh, promote the game over here because like i said it's the best game in the world to play and it's a lot of fun to watch as well absolutely absolutely ladies and gentlemen that is going to do it for my chat with mick ozzy again keep an eye out for his show we are going to continue our off-season chats i'm again continuing to try to find podcasts from all of the different clubs to get some connections there i'm trying to find some more aflw chats and some more supporters to ask them what they think about their team's season and their journeys in footy. Those are coming up over the offseason till we get back to the March starting date for AFL men's. We'll be back very, very soon with another episode. Thank you for listening.